0: Technically, female tribe. It's Jasmine. Happy Wednesday! Hope you're having a great week thus far. Here's another episode of the podcast. I have today a really good friend of mine from college, Maggie. Um, Maggie is currently um, a system engineer manager for Cisco Sales Associate Program. How are you, Maggie?
1: I am doing great. I am about to go on some PTO coming up tomorrow so about to finish a three-day work week so i'm really excited
0: how are you oh man super jealous vacation sounds like so far away but so awesome Ugh, you know rest is important i think being steministas it's very hard to find rest as we're always trying to fight the daily battles of of corporate, and you know, you and I have been fighting battles, uh, for women in STEM for I don't know at this point years are blurring. I mean, we went to college in like two thousand and nine, and we were both in Society of Women Engineers, and you know, I love to hear kind of a little bit more about your journey. Like, what have you been up to? Um, what kind of started your uh your mission in engineering, and and just learn more about you.
1: Definitely, yeah. So. Uh, you know starting off we'll take it back to high school uh, oh, wow. I <laughs> wanted to pursue engineering right and uh, because i it's good at math and I knew engineers had a good career I don't know if that's a great reason to go into engineering but yeah. it was at the time so <laughs> uh, a graduate of NC state with you uh-huh. uh, and i I decided to go with a biological engineering. I really enjoyed environmental sciences and learning about that and incorporating that into biological engineering was uh, really appealing at the time and I really actually truly enjoyed learning uh, that field of engineering. Um, <clears throat> and then of course as you mentioned, going through Society of Women Engineers and getting involved in that organization uh, was really beneficial to me and it was through SWEE that I learned about Cisco and learned about this Cisco Sales Associate Program, which I'll refer to as CSAP, Uh, and so really what it is, it's an early career program that uh, takes college graduates and teaches you um, about Cisco technology and Cisco sales, and you really go in uh, becoming a systems engineer role out of out of uh, the program and so oh, wow. uh, I, I learned about it and in, in suite and I'm like that sounds like something I'd enjoy and I'd be good at but Cisco being a computer networking company, I, I didn't know the first thing about computer networking, uh,
0: but <laughs> very complicated space. Like I just think when, if anyone thinks Cisco, not the food brand, but the CISCO, like the, if you have a router, it's probably Cisco.
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Right. Uh, and so, uh, went to the NC State Career Fair. I talked to someone, uh, you know, about the CSAT program and ended up getting an interview and going through that interview process and eventually, you know, getting an offer. And uh, it was interesting for me, you know, once I got the offer thinking, wow, do I want to switch uh, disciplines, right? I've been Mm. studying biological engineering. I've been enjoying it. Uh, You know, do I want to, make this move into a technology that I know nothing about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I had really great advice from my parents. They're like, you know, Maggie, this seems like a great opportunity and I think you should go for it. And ultimately, if, if you don't like it, you know, you can, you can change roles. You can change jobs. You can change a mm-hmm. uh, different careers. So uh, I decided to go for it. And, you know, I haven't looked back since. Um, mm-hmm. I'm really happy with making that choice and taking, uh, kind of that leap of faith to to make that transition because it, it really just felt right for me mm-hmm. uh, that this was the role that I should be doing and I should take advantage of this opportunity. So I uh, went through the CSAP program. It's a two-year program uh, within Cisco. Um, so you get a lot of training, a lot of technical training, Sales training, a lot of assessments and certifications that you have to get. Being a sponge, um, basically. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Or uh, we call drinking from a fire hose. I guess that's <laughs> what it feels like. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, going through that program and then you know uh, proceeding to future uh, systems engineer roles at Cisco. And for anyone who's not familiar, this is really a role that's in sales, you work with an account manager to help position Cisco solutions. Um, with it being computer networking, it's, it's complicated technology. And so making sure that you're positioning the right solution and it meets the technical requirements of your customers is, is really important. So that's the role of the systems engineer along with a sales account manager. So gotcha. uh, finished the first year of the program, move into my first systems engineer role uh, and then my career just progressed through there. I've always known I wanted to go into management. I've always loved working with people and helping people, teaching people. You know, I'm someone who gets joy out of you know helping other people be successful and be exactly. happy. So I, I always knew management and really people leadership is was a career route I wanted to go. And so all of the roles within Cisco have always Try to find opportunities to give myself some leadership, exposure, and experience without mm-hmm. ever managing anyone in my life. Um, so I, I did this program in Raleigh, North Carolina, and then I moved to Atlanta, Georgia, a oh, wow. uh, systems engineer role there. And I was there for two and a half years, and it was a great role, learned a lot Uh worked with some really awesome people there, I decided, um, I was looking to make another, uh, job move. And it, at that time I was thinking, do I stay in Atlanta? Do I go back home to Charlotte, North Carolina? And ultimately I decided to uh, pursue roles in Charlotte so I could be closer to family, be closer to friends. And I did that. So i got another systems engineer role in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, all during that time I'd been involved in CSAP. Like I said, there's a lot of assessments uh, that you have to do, so the program relies on uh, graduates of the program, other systems engineers to help with that, um, the interview process for CSAP. So I help with that uh, as I pursue those systems engineer roles. Uh, so I've always been like really involved with the program even after I graduated. And so I you know, became interested in becoming a manager in that program and after talking to uh, the senior manager uh, and really letting him know, hey, this is something that I want to do. I would really, you know, like to pursue this as a the next career move for myself, and it ended up happening. And oh, so wow. I've been in this uh, management role uh, of the CSAT program. Uh, I started really end of February. Oh wow! Uh, so yeah. just uh four five months how
0: long has it been I don't know what time's running together like COVID's so. a blur COVID's a blur it's been like three or like four to five months but like it feels like a decade um for we all being honest it feels like a decade of time wow Maggie just wow so much to think through with all that like just from you talking through how you were interested in math. You you know assume you know with math like maybe engineering. Let's try this. You were interested in environmental sciences, and decided to ultimately go into system engineering and the, and the CSAT program. And I and I really like that you called out you were unsure of whether you should pursue something that was not related to your major. Because I think so often in these in the colleges of engineering and even probably in the science and math uh uh, spaces as well it's like you went to school for this so this means you have to do this role right and it's that pressure that you have as an undergrad i mean shoot i mean you're eight you're 18 21 years old you don't know who you are you think you know who you are but you have no idea (laughs) who you are and you're making this big life decision that seems like it's going to impact your life for eternity and you don't want to make the wrong decision and so i i I admire that you too also decided, hey, let me talk to someone that I trust, aka being family, um, okay. because family's always going to shoot it straight to you, right? Like they're always going to give yep. you both perspectives and kudos to you for taking that leap of faith. I think so often it's easy to do what's comfortable. Um, so often it's like, well, this is what I learned. Like this is the box I want to stay in. But it sounds like you decided to break out of that box and it's been really fruitful for you. Um, And your abilities to move to different roles within different locations, and then to ultimately get to a role that you're most excited and passionate about in regards to coaching and mentoring other people from behind you. And that's really awesome that um, you're able to do that. And so when you, I kind of hinted to this, but like you went to school for engineering, um, you decided to, to move into a different career path in computer networking um, and sales. And so what do you feel like you learned in college, whether it was skills or knowledge or anything in school that helped prepare you to transition successfully to a different career that might have been out of scope for what you, in air quotes I'm doing, uh, uh, been qualified for based on your the curriculum or the background you had in, from school?
1: Yeah. Uh, so first and foremost, I think it was a, a learning how to learn. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the transition from high school, especially into engineering, <laughs> from a learning perspective, is very different. You can't yeah. memorize how to do engineering. Nope. Like, you can't <laughs> do it. And so that was a big transition for me. And so. Uh, you know, there is engineering involved in the role I do now. It's it's a different type. You're not mm-hmm. doing, you know, product development, uh, you know, or service development necessarily, but you have to take, you know, technical skills and knowledge and apply that to sales. So um, learning how to do engineering was definitely helpful uh, in, in the role that I am now. But, I mean, all the skills that I learned, all the exposure I got in SWE, um, even just things to resume writing, um, how to network properly, uh, with people and really how to, uh, advocate for yourself. Because mm. in that interview process, you know, I was very, uh, I was very uh, candid and I said, I don't know computer networking, right? I, I don't know anything, mm-hmm. but I know I can learn it. Mm-hmm. And I think that having that mindset of like, I can be taught and right. I have the drive and just being able to, honest about that, you know, it's hard in interviews, you're like, I want to put my best foot forward, mm-hmm. I want to answer the question right, I want to make sure, you know, I'm saying everything correctly, and just being able to show that I'm eager, and willing, and wanting to learn, um, all of that was, was super important, I mean, quite frankly, I have to thank SWE for my job, because I would have <laughs> never, I would never known about um, Cisco opportunities and specifically this program had not been going and having the exposure through SWE. So getting involved in organizations like that, um, you know, uh, when you're in college, mm-hmm. uh, is super important because you get so much exposure that, um, you know, you you wouldn't have in just a normal going to classes and taking exams, right? You really have to go uh, seek that knowledge uh, when you're in college.
0: Yeah, no, I think to your point, like SWE was kind of the equivalent of what being on a team in corporate is like. It's like, Especially when you are a part of an organization where you're a part of leadership, and both of us were leaders yeah. within SWE, It's like, okay, how do we organize an event? How do we deal with leaders and leaders being, you know, company um, representatives? How do we create content? How do we encourage and empower people? Like those are, to your point, all life skills that were then transferable to your role that you're having uh, now at Cisco. And I, I really love the point that you mentioned about. Um, saying, I don't know everything, because I think, first of all, you don't want to seem uneducated, you don't want to seem like you can't solve issues. But even as a woman, like, it's kind of this thing in the back of our minds, where if we say we don't know, they'll go with a man, right? Like, it's like, oh, I have to prove myself over and over and over. Um, And if I show one little uh, uh, inch of weakness, whether it just be I just don't know, then maybe they won't consider me as um, equivalent to a male counterpart. And so I think learn to learn. Uh, And to your point, high school learning versus college learning versus learning in uh, the working environment, even if you decide to go back to school and get a master's or a PhD, is different. And being able to utilize that muscle to learn differently, to adapt um, to different situations, to solve problems, and like we mentioned earlier, to be a sponge is such a powerful thing because it doesn't necessarily mean you have to have all the skills for a role, but if you're able to Market yourself in a way where, hey, if you give me this, I'll figure it out. Or, hey, if you yep. um have a trust in my potential, um, I'll I'll prove you I'll prove to you why I'm an asset, right? And it, and it's that um, uh, organic uh ability to to show your value. Um, that I think it's so crucial that I think more colleges and more schools should teach people how to do this because it's one of those things like we didn't learn, we didn't take a class on how to show your true value and, you know, your your role. Like, (laughs) instead we were taking other classes that weren't even necessary. Um, And I think it's so, 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 so important um, to be able to do that. And I, I know you mentioned, you know, you're in system engineering uh, and at Cisco, it also is a culmination of, of sales and, and both of those fields historically have been pretty saturated with males and especially white males for years. It's kind of like, you know, mm-hmm. the salesmen with the uh, with the um, suits and the ties and the hard shoes and and all those things um, is kind of the what you see a salesperson to be and so how have you adapted to this type of working environment? Is that still the status quo where it's like very buttoned up? Um, especially being not only a woman in sales, but a woman in tech sales, like that's a double whammy. Yeah.
1: Uh so you know, starting off in the program, uh, there were I believe nine of us that were uh, associate system, systems engineers starting in the program together. Oh, wow. And I was the only female so, <laughs> uh, in my group. And, you know, we're in this learning environment of, you know, you're, you're basically going through like a college 2.0, you're in classes, learning about Cisco technology. And that was a struggle for me. I didn't ask questions when I should have, like mm-hmm. there are things I didn't know and I didn't understand and I was too afraid to ask because of, really, my ego. You know, I mm-hmm. I couldn't be seen as the unintelligent woman mm-hmm. associate systems engineer, right? <laughs> I, I had to be, like, it's not like you had to be uh, as smart as the guys. Like, you had to be smarter than oh, the guys. Like, sure. almost that mentality, right? And so it definitely took some time for me to to get over that and to ask for the help that I needed, uh, in that time. Um, and and it it took, it took months and really even, uh, just to get over that initial hump, but then even the imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. And so, right. Thinking that, oh, I, I'm not good enough for this job or I don't know enough. I don't, you know, I shouldn't be doing this. That's something that, uh, i've tried to work through in my career i feel like especially women it's real. feel that more um and are really hard on themselves mm-hmm. i am my most i am my worst critic right oh, absolutely. Um, so, <laughs>
0: i can beat, uh, you can so beat yourself down like in like 10 <laughs> levels and it's like oh like who said that you said that like no one else said that to you it's all you being hard on yeah. yourself yeah yeah
1: Absolutely. and so trying to to get through that and even and even now I have my moments that I, I feel that way, right. And mm-hmm. so but really just once like progressing through my career and understanding, okay, this is who I am. this is the type of systems engineer I want to be, and where I kind of find my place here mm-hmm. uh, in this company in this role um, has really helped me, get past that, um, and, you know, really just, being. I again, my, I think where my 100% is, as far as the work I put out, is different from my male counterparts, like, again, I'm like, you know, if I do something a certain way, I'm like, oh, I could have done better, mm-hmm. where a male might say, no, that was, that was great, you know, so, um, <laughs> understanding that, and, and being realistic about, you know what are my strengths and weaknesses and things that I might think are weaknesses may not be, and I'm just being hard on myself. So just some of that mentality, is something I've just had to learn over the years, and really um, talking through other uh, female mentors and managers when I in you know throughout my career has really helped with that too, um, to, to kind of get over some of those psychological yeah. um <laughs> thoughts and you know everything uh, that, that we put on ourselves uh, that's not reality
0: you yeah, know it's not it's like there's reality and then there's the mind or the words that like go on in your head right like it's all it's yeah. all the time and I think too like just talking it out loud and I'm sure you're feeling it too is like man like talking out loud makes it more real like you know it happens but like when you talk it out loud like oh like, that really did happen. I really did feel that way. I really did beat myself up. And I've yeah. also, too, uh, had to learn to show myself grace. Because if not, I will continue to work harder and harder and harder. And who am I competing with myself? And I'm like, okay, like, unfair advantage. Like, you're never going to, like, beat yourself. Yeah. And I and I, I love the point you mentioned about, you know, your, basically your 110% as a woman is usually a male's, um, you know, Fifty percent, and you know, you still feel like you need to do more. Um, and I, it was an interesting—I can't remember exactly the example or, or what happened—but it was an interesting experience when I realized um, when I was in consulting, and obviously, consulting is also a very male, heavily male-dominated field. And you know, I was having dinner with some some colleagues of mine that um, we started in the same, uh, same development program together. And I was talking about all the things I was doing on my projects, and like, this is what I was doing, and all the work, and all the hours, and you know, yada, yada, yada. And they were just kind of telling me what they were doing, which was like a fourth of what I was doing. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> like, wait, like, am I like overcompensating for what I'm supposed to do? And I was just like, you know, and it, we, you know, we're, we we're all really good friends, and we started to continue to have these conversations. And then we started talking about pay, and I was like, wait, you're getting paid more than me? And like, I know I'm like busting my tail to like, do all these things. And I know you're, you know, half doing things or like kind of just like floating. And I'm just like, really? And that's, I think that was my light bulb of, wow, like you really do have to work 10 times harder than a male. You really do have to prove yourself a lot of the times. And it's not something that a lot of people realize that are on the other side or realize the effort that you put in. It's like, you have to be organized. You have to figure out your Mm time and your voice. You have to be on top of it. If you miss you know, a meeting, it's like, oh, no, where was she at versus a male? And like, oh, yeah, he just, you know, was whatever. And it's like, it's almost like you're under this, like, microscope. So sometimes I do think it is in your mind. But a lot of times it is those external factors. That's just like, you know, well, now I have a question, you know, where was she? And so really, really good points that you, you called out. And I know you started to hint a little bit around mentorship, and I know there's, you know, mentorship, there's sponsorship, and I just want to get your opinion on which has been the most beneficial to you. I know mentorship's more around, like, having someone to kind of bounce things off of, to guide you through your career, or even through personal, and sponsorship is more of someone that has a seat at a table, um, could be in leadership, or could be in a position that you want to be that advocates for you. Um, But doesn't necessarily and and it may be in a room that you're not in, um, but that kind of guides you. And so which do you feel have been most beneficial for you?
1: Yeah, um, I think mentorship has definitely been the most beneficial to me. And again, Cisco is such a great company that they have like formal mentor programs. You know, joining Cisco, you get assigned a mentor and they really push mentorship even, you know, beyond the program and how do you find those mentors. Mm -hmm. Um, So really a lot of they definitely set you up for success uh, when it comes to that. And so uh, I find, yeah, I find mentorship for me uh, because I am someone who is very open about what I want to do and, Mm -hmm. you know, how I want to grow. Mm -hmm. And that's a lot more of the mentor Conversations and really, I would say, even people who I have those conversations with do end up being my sponsors. Oh, wow. um, I, I've kind of blended them. That's <laughs> awesome.
0: And, that's, the best, I, that's the best thing to do <laughs> get them to do that. Yeah,
1: <laughs> exactly. Because, um, you know, it goes back to, to the vulnerability, right? Mm. No one expects you to know everything, do everything perfectly, and all of that. So, having my mentors know, yeah, this is where. This is where she shines this is what she's trying to work on and but even having people you know advocate for you knowing that mm-hmm. has been really great for me and so I have mentors for different things right you should have mentors um, whether it's someone you know higher up in leadership or position you want to get to um, Or even if it's someone who has a certain skill set that you're trying to acquire. So making sure you have multiple mentors and Mm -hmm. figuring out who that's going to be. And, you know, usually once you have a conversation with someone, you know, if you're looking for mentorship, you're hoping to seek something from that mentor. And so once you do that, it's up to you as the mentee to say, hey, I want to have you as a mentor let's continue these conversations, let's do it on a however often basis, you know, mm-hmm. this sort of time frame, once a month, a mm-hmm. quarter, or whatever, half year, whatever it needs to be for you, so, you know, that's something that I've just tried to set up for myself, and yeah, hopefully have my mentors be more sponsors, um, yeah. but even having the sponsors, you know, having conversations with people that know what you're doing and know what you're great at. Um, and sometimes it surprises me what people pay attention to, Mm. uh, when it it comes to me and having, you know, senior managers and directors, uh, like just knowing the opinions that they have of me was, uh, was always interesting uh, (laughs) and knowing, I guess, (laughs) knowing, um, was of impression I I was making on them. Right, it's almost um, like it it's a different surprising.
0: person. It's almost like it's a different person. Like, wait, you're talking about me, like. Are you sure that's me? Like it's like an of body yeah. experience. It's like, oh, that sounds like an awesome person they're talking about. I'm like, no, it's you. I'm like, oh, is it? Like, <laughs> had no clue. Right, pain. right.
1: <laughs> and again, it's people probably see you better than you see yourself. For sure. So, for um, sure. So I, recognizing that, that like, oh yeah, like I am good. <laughs> I'm great actually. I'm great. So. <laughs> I think those moments have been, have been really awesome, Yeah, too, when it comes to, to mentorship and sponsorship.
0: Yeah, and I, I, a point that you called out was you can have a mentor for different things, and it's okay that your one mentor may fulfill one part of what you need professionally or personally, and one mentor might fill another part. I feel like I've had mentors throughout my career that, you know, I had one for, you know, career trajectory like how do i get to this part this is where i'm trying to go in my yeah. career i've had a mentor of hey like i'm trying to be more of a leader can you assert like a ass, you know help assess me through that and then i've had mentors of like hey i need to do better with work-life balance like how do i navigate through that and then just personal mentors like i know that i could provide context to <laughs> it actually was a white male one of my favorite managers ever um just you know hey i know i can help you with how to connect with Uh, millennials and then Gen Zers, you know, how do I connect with them? And I can help you with that. And you can help me navigate through my career and continuing to see my potential. Uh, Mike is awesome. He's like, like I said, he's one of my favorite managers and and that's important. And then another good nugget is mentorship is a two way street. I think a lot of times people feel like mentorship is like, I'm going to be a parasite on this person and get as much of the much out of them as possible. And that's not the way mentorship goes. Like you need to be, um, uh, on point with what you are seeking out of the mentorship, being consistent with being a mentee yeah. and, a, or, and or a mentor, um, and really aligning with what the values are and what you want to accomplish together. And I have a mentee who's kind of a organic mentee. It's never, It was never a formalized program, but she holds me accountable. Like, I learn stuff from her. Like, I, you know, teach her things, and then she holds me accountable for things. I'm like, okay, I see how this works. And it was one of the first times where I've been held accountable for things and just personal professional and it's like wow like this is what a mentorship is like even though it's not a formalized program like it's a two-way street like you pour into me I pour into you and it's been an awesome experience for me um yeah it's uh, she's uh, she's awesome she I can't wait to see what she ends up doing with um everything she's got going on she's gonna go to grad school next month and so I'm just as a mentor, super excited for because, you know, it was one of those things where she second guessed herself. She was like, I don't know if I'd be able to do it. I'm like, oh, you're going to be able to do it. And I'm going to make sure, you know, you you see the confidence in yourself. And so speaking of confidence in yourself, you know, as I wrap up um, every episode um, that I have on the Technically Female podcast, I ask my guests to give a word to the wise. And so it could be a word, it could be a statement, a poem, a quote, a rap, if you feel very creative, Um, just something to leave um, our uh, Technically Female tribe to empower them and encourage them through their STEM journey. So what is your word to the wise for our episode today, Maggie?
1: Absolutely. And so I'll give a little story before I give my quote. Uh, moving to a work from home uh, environment with everything that's going on in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a whiteboard and I'm on video web conferences mm-hmm. uh, all day pretty much. And so I try to put a daily quote on my whiteboard to just really help inspire um you know, my employees, uh, other employees at Cisco, anyone I could be talking to. So I'm going to use a quote from today, and that quote is, character is power. And that's from Booker T. Washington. Oh, um, because, awesome. you know, your character and who you are and your values, you know, that's what matters mm-hmm. the most. Uh, jobs will come and go. Um, circumstances will come and go that you can or can't control, uh, but your character uh, and what you believe, you know, that's something that no one can ever take from you.
0: Absolutely. Mic drop, Maggie. Mic drop. <laughs>
1: <laughs> your
0: character is what makes you. It's not about all the skills you know. It's who you are at the core, at your heart, like what, who you are. Ugh I just got goosebumps, Maggie. That was so good. Um, but yeah, I, I, I love that. And I think that's what this podcast is about. It's about who you are to the core. It's not necessarily about your pedigree, but your character and I really do appreciate you Maggie for taking the time today to give us some insight into all the awesome things you're doing at Cisco and they're so um, lucky to have you uh, to be a part of their organization and I know you're going to continue to empower more and more uh, women uh, in stem um, after you and so I really appreciate you taking the time
1: thank you so much for the invite Jasmine this is a really awesome platform that you've created here uh, to give women a voice uh women in stem a voice so thank you so much for having
0: me yeah of course and you know technically female tribe you know the deal um i'll be uh having another podcast episode the following week um if you're interested in being a part of my podcast feel free to shoot uh, to send me an email at technically female at gmail.com check us out on instagram i appreciate you um, for joining um and for continuing to share the steminism We'll